podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. The BatmanUniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now... The Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hey, Bat fans, you're listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. This is your host, Scott, and joining me is BJ, as always. Um, we have a couple of fun topics today to tackle. Well, one fun one and one not-so-fun one. Um, <clears throat> but before we jump into you know our topics and our topics of discussion for tonight, I wanted to take a moment and point you all to the BatmanUniverse.net, where you can find... Uh, reviews on comics, you know, other podcasts, um, previews, all kinds of cool Batman-related articles. One of the things I wanted to highlight is we've started um, a new, we have a new original out called Why Did Batman Choose a Bat as His Symbol? And it's a pretty in-depth, more of a um, scholarly look uh, and, and in answer to that question. Um, really well-written. I want you guys to check it out, leave some feedback. If you want to see more content like that, let us know by dropping us a line at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Um, but before we jump into things, we have, as usual, our icebreaker. BJ, you can go as crazy as you want here or as tame as you want. But what's your worst Batman take that fans ostracize you for? Um. My worst Batman take, I don't know how crazy it is, might be more towards the tame side, but I'm not really a uh, yellow oval guy when it comes uh, to the bat suit. I respect it. I know why it's there, but I do kind of like seeing Batman just kind of like the gray suit and just a black bat maybe and with sans oval. Like I know why it's there, like art-wise, like something to pop on the page, but if I'm thinking practically, I would say, would he really have a yellow oval? Now I say this being Robin is like one of my favorite characters and he's in he wears a yellow, bright yellow cape. So I guess I'm kind of on both ends, but when it comes to Batman, I am team no yellow oval. Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, I guess that makes sense. And it's actually funny because as you were talking about that, I realized that I'm kind of hypocritical on that topic. I am definitely team yellow oval. I like the way it looks. I like the bat symbol over, you know, the yellow and 
You know, it is kind of a cool, whether he's wearing a black and gray suit or a blue and gray suit, I like seeing it. But I make fun of a Marvel character for having kind of a flashy um, outfit and being a night crawler or night stalker, kind of like Batman. And that's Moon Knight. The joke mm-hmm. I always like to make fun of Moon Knight about is, is here's a guy running around at night with like a white and silver costume and like criminals are going to see him from a mile away. But I suppose you could make that argument with Batman and his yellow oval. Yeah, and I guess I think the one time I've ever kind of seen it where it was like Batman kind of gave a practical reason for it was in The Dark Knight Returns where Frank Miller writes like, oh, why do you think I wear a target on my chest? Like, because that's armored. So like villains don't kind of like go for the head because he can't armor his head. So I guess like that's like the one time I'm like, oh, like there's a practical reason for it. But that's the one time I've seen like a practical reason for Batman having the yellow oval. That's assuming they aim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. They, they can <laughs> like if they're like seem... booking it. <laughs> yeah, they're like uh, Gotham uh, henchmen are like uh, stormtroopers. I love to see a shooting contest between those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would feel safe walking through. <laughs> Good point. I would say in answer to the question, admittedly, you know what? This is probably a tame answer because I feel like this is safer the more years go by, but. I used to really not like Batman and Robin, but it is it is a very much I wouldn't even say a guilty pleasure anymore. It's just a pleasure. Like I get such a good time out of it. It's fun. I think I think when I was younger, I was the Batman identity, like it has to be dark and serious and all this. And like now it's I kind of embrace the spectrum and I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that because like one of my like backup choices was like, oh, my secret love for Batman and Robin. But it is funny you say that because I remember being a kid, seeing like the reruns of the Adam West show and like thinking it was it was just because it was just Batman, not thinking anything of it being campy or funny. And then like, um, then I'm a teenager in high school. I'm an angsty teen. I'm like, oh, this Adam West is lame, man. But now as an adult, I'm like. Yeah, Adam West is awesome. Like that's that's that can be somebody's Batman, and like that was my first Batman, and like, and I think slowly but surely the Batman and Robin is kind of is getting to that point where like people can we know it's goofy, we know it's the farthest thing from Burton and Bale and Nolan and everything, but it does have its place in in Batman history. Yeah, and it's funny too because we're getting that uh, McFarlane toy wave coming out the build a figure wave which i have been eyeing like crazy i haven't pulled the trigger yet but i'm definitely debating it and how <laughs> how awesome was that, that that little like one minute ad of it where it was the actor yeah. doing the suit up scene like i saw that i'm like i might have to get these strictly because whoever thought of that ad yeah that's we'll see i have to find space for it but it'll probably be added to my collection i don't know if i can resist it <laughs> Do it. We have so the first topic we have tonight is kind of the sad, serious one, and, and I'll just jump right into it. Um, for those who don't know, uh, this was a couple days ago now, as of us recording it, maybe well, like two days ago, Richard Mall passed away at the age of 80. Uh, he was he did a lot, he was really famous on like shows like Night Court, and he appeared in like a whole bunch of like sitcoms. He was in the A team as a bad guy for an episode. But Bat fans would probably know him best as the voice of Two-Face in Batman the Animated Series, as well as the Brave and the Bold. 
And he also voiced the Bat Computer in Batman Animated Series, along with a whole bunch of other cartoons beyond just the TV and film work I mentioned. You know, he was in Spider-Man the Animated Series, he voiced Scorpion, he was Norman in Mighty Max, and in the Incredible Hulk cartoon, he also played the Abomination, just to name a handful. But wanted to share that. I thought it was kind of sad because when I hear Two-Face in my head, it's always the Richard Mall voice. You know, when I read him in the book or anything, it's like my default go-to. Yeah, I I, uh, I saw that when it happened and it was uh, pretty sad. It's like, geez, like we're kind of, we've lost Kevin Conroy, we've lost Arlene Sorkin, now Richard Mall. Like, it sucks. Like, we're kind of like getting to that weird point where like, you don't want to say it, but like these like we're starting to lose like some of our favorite characters and like like you said like yeah that Richard Mall Two-Face is like that's the voice that you hear same with Arlene Sorkin same with Conroy like anyone from that animated series like those are like the definitive voices for me and it's funny too I think it was either the day he passed or the day after but like Halloween coming up like me and my wife we watched um Casper meets Wendy, like 1998, like direct to video movie. And he's in that as like one of the, uh, he's some like some like wizards, like bad guy, like henchman or whatever. And it was kind of like funny, not funny, but like strange that like on the day he passed, like all of a sudden he shows up in this 1998 direct to video, like sequel to Casper movie. So, yeah, it sucks to hear. I didn't know that he was the voice of the back computer. So uh, that was kind of news to me. And it is funny how the Batman animated series and Spider-Man had some... I wonder how many other crossovers they had because Hamill was the Joker and Hobgoblin and now Maul was Two-Face and Scorpion. So that's that would be something fun to look up and see how much crossover they had. Yeah, no, definitely. And actually, speaking on to the topic of Batman related people who passed away. We also, um, Matthew Perry, most people know from friends passed away, but he posted about Batman a lot on his Instagram as of late, but even before then, like he was, uh, a pretty regular Batman fan. I can't remember what tonight show uh, he was on, but I guess his love really kind of came to fruition with the Christopher Nolan trilogy he just got into it and just started buying Batman stuff late at night. And so, you know, he has uh, a, a huge affinity for the character. Um, and he wrote about it, you know, in one of his books. I think the last chapter from what I read was also just titled Batman. You know, and it's about kind of the inspiration of the hero and being called upon doing something important and, you know, taking that inspiration and running with it. Yeah, that was pretty sad when when he passed. I remember when Friends was like the biggest show like in the world and uh i mean i've rewatched it a bunch of times in reruns and stuff and i i guess i really never noted knew that he was this big batman fan but it is cool to be somewhat relatable i mean he's had made so much money from friends and he's like us staying up late at night and just surfing ebay and amazon just buying as much uh batman things as he can so that was pretty cool yeah <laughs> well and and yeah like it, apparently it like all of us, you know, the character touched him in some way. You know, there was a uh, one his when he's doing his book tour, he mentioned that in his book he compares his battle with you know alcoholism uh, to the Joker. So 
and you know well an addiction as a whole too but yeah he specifically mentioned that so sad you know kind of a, a bad week for celebrity news not that that's something we ever focus on we usually only focus on it when it's batman related but there you have it in the link or in the blurb below this podcast i'll post um an article about the whole matthew perry thing for people who were unaware but <laughs> now we'll move on to something a little more moving upbeat. on yeah and kind of the, the meat of this episode um that i know i've been kind of excited to talk about especially considering the season and i'm sure you are too and there's a lot of things we can mine here and we can and you don't have to stay with just one hey you got a second the batman universe is looking for batman fans with something to say if you're interested in writing reviews of your favorite batman books or you want to contribute original content with articles like the top 10 forgotten Batman villains or why dead Didio's exit from DC was the worst thing to ever happen, then we want to invite you to join our TBU staff family as a writer. Just reach out to our email, tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. It's that easy. And honestly, there's no reason not to. You get exclusive access to our TBU staff Discord server. You get early access to comics. And you meet a lot of cool people. What are you waiting for? Email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. Okay, so the main topic for tonight, um, Elseworlds. So this is something that kind of came up recently because, uh, you know, we're big fans of the Matt Reeves, the Batman movie um, on this podcast. You probably heard that already. We had a ton of episodes covering everything from the art book to the movie to the prequel novel, um, you know, what have you that you can go back and listen to. But um, with the new DC universe coming into fruition, they're using the Elseworlds label in the film universe. So everything that's not part of James Gunn's and Peter Safran's DC, you know, you is getting this Elseworlds label slapped to it, including the Batman, you know, that Matt Reeves is doing as long as well as the Penguin TV show that's coming out. But um, Elseworlds, for those who haven't been, you know, properly familiar, familiarized with the term are a pretty cool thing. You get some pretty cool trippy stories, a lot of different avenues that you would normally see in the main comics. Um, I'm talking too much, so I'm going to turn it over to our first question, BJ. What's your favorite Elseworld story and why? So I got a list here of four Elseworld stories that I kind of that I kind of gravitate to. I mean, I think the easy answer is um Kingdom Come, uh, the Mark Wade, Alex Ross, uh, four four part like epic like that story is kind of like it's so it's kind I like seeing it like all the older heroes and rising up against like these newer anti heroes and like the big epic battle between Superman and Captain Marvel Shazam and everything that story entails old Bruce Wayne. So I think that's the easy answer, but I got three that are kind of off the board answers that I kind of really don't hear talked about a lot, which um, 
So I'll, you, I'll go with my first one and then I'll, I, I'll let you go. But the first one I got is Speeding Bullets. It's a, it's a Superman, it's like a Superman Batman story almost. And it's written by J.M. DeMatteis. And it's um, the same story, but the rock, the same Superman story, Rocket leaves Krypton, but it ends up in Gotham City where the Waynes raise Bruce Wayne, Kal-El. And then same thing happens, murder in the alley, murder in crime alley. And then that's where Kal-El's powers kick in and his heat vision ends up kind of incinerating Joe Chill. And then he grows up to be like super Batman, basically. So he's still Batman. And then he ends up fighting like Lex Luthor, who ends up becoming a Joker. He's kind of like a, it's like the fat Lex Luthor almost, but he's got the, he's bald still, but he's got some green hair, white skin, purple suit. And then at the end, he becomes fully Superman. But I've always, I remember one of my first uh, Five Things articles for TBU was like five like animated movies they should do. And I said that. Like, I would love to see this as an animated movie because you kind of get Superman and Batman all together in one as one character, basically. Nice. Yeah, actually, I had never heard of that one before. So it's like Perfect Elseworlds where it's like it's kind of a little wacky and wild, but it's still it's a fun read. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to check that out. I'm actually writing that down. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I know you mentioned Kingdom Come, which um, I will. turn in my comic nerd card right now and admit that I still haven't read that one. I've read like a lot of other stuff, but Kingdom Come, I just never got around to, despite it being like considered arguably one of the best ones ever made, like by most people, you know, and that's, and it's weird too, because I'm referring, we're ah, not referring, reviewing World's Finest on the site, which is doing a parallel story to Kingdom Come right now. And I mean, so far it's, I mean, it's only been like one issue or two, but it's been amazing. So, well, that whole series is amazing, but, um, but yeah. And I will say my easy pick, I consider it Elseworlds. Um, I don't know. It doesn't normally get slapped with that label, but it's not really canon to anything. It's kind of its own little pocket universe. And that's the um, Dark Knight Returns series. So I don't want to say trilogy because it's not a trilogy anymore. But because there's the uh, one shot that came last, but that whole universe, obviously the first one is, you know, kind of a groundbreaking graphic novel uh, now, but and the second one was pretty bad and the art was pretty weak, but the third one that they came out with not too long ago and then the follow-up one shot I thought were really good, especially that third one, uh, The Dark Knight the master race. Um, but you know, that's, that's something if they keep making more of those and continuing that pocket universe, like I am totally there for it. Um, and I, I feel like anyone who's read the dark Knight returns knows like, well, it's kind of obvious why anyone would pick that. So that's my easy answer or quick one. That's nothing wrong with that one. The, um, other one that's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it has fans, but I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it. And it's actually, it's it's a trilogy so you can buy it um actually in a collected volume right now all three of them but it's the batman and dracula trilogy um it's you know there's basically it's um 
Red Rain, Bloodstorm, and Crimson, Crimson Mist are the three titles. And it's this, it's the story, you know, basically where the Batman universe, Dracula existed in it, and he comes to Gotham and you know, he started the vampires are feeding off of homeless people. And so Batman is forced with this decision to, you know, in order to stop Dracula and stop this vampire threat to Gotham, he needs to become a vampire himself. And so that's kind of where it starts, this trilogy. He, you know, becomes one and and tries to overcome the Dracula Joker, becomes a vampire, you know, Catwoman's in here and she's not, she's not a werewolf. She's technically a were-cat. But, you know, you have a lot of, if you really like your horror monsters, like this is your groove. The art is pretty wild. You know, um, Kelly Jones did a lot of the pencil work. And it's, you know, if you want kind of a gritty, dirty, kind of grotesque art style, that's, you know, your perfect jam. Doug Mensch wrote them. And, you know, I love all three. But, you know, it goes with it. It's, it's basically about this journey of Batman, you know, becoming a vampire, overcoming Dracula, and then succumbing to what it means to be a vampire so much so that I think there's a panel that people poke fun of a lot on the internet that makes his rounds where this scary looking Batman is holding Alfred and he goes, I have needs, Alfred, dirty, <laughs> dirty needs. <laughs> and uh, that's where it's from. So if you ever want to see the source of that, that panel, Batman and Dracula trilogy, especially, you know, since we're recording this right before Halloween, um, perfect time of the year. I knew you were going to uh, pick uh, the Red Rain trilogy because <laughs> I feel like whenever like we talk about Elseworlds, like or any type of like goofy Batman's like not goofy, but like weird Batman story, you're always like Red Rain, like Red Rain, <laughs> Rain. Like I think you said you like you want that as like an animated movie. Which would be pretty, like, pretty cool as an animated movie. Like, if they I mean, really... we s- sort of got it with the Batman cartoon. Like, they did, like, an yeah. adaptation of it. But yeah, but I, I want, like, it. some really trippy art. Like, I want it to be, like, a, a monster horror. I want it to look like, I don't know, like a Mike Mignola book or something. Yeah, you know? like, like I, want, like, I want the animated movies to go back to, like, where they're just adapting, like, storylines and not worried about, like, the inter- interconnected storyline. Like, just kind of adapt a cool story and like make some cool animation i think that that would like a lot of people would love that so yeah yeah i think so yeah so my second one here is um uh generations batman superman or superman batman generations by john byrne written and drawn by john byrne like uh it's a story like where it takes batman superman like where they're aging kind of like every 10 years, they're aging like in normal human time until it gets to a one point where they end up living forever, basically, because Superman that can live forever and Batman ends up going in a Lazarus pit and at one point taking over like Ra's al Ghul's, Ra's al Ghul's empire, basically, and using it as a force for good. But it's cool to uh, in it because like, um, have you ever read it? No, yeah. I haven't, actually. Yeah, I got the... I got the uh, the omnibus kind of fairly cheap on Amazon, like forty bucks really, which is kind of a steal. And like in it, like you see Batman and Superman kind of have families, like they each have they both have kids in it, and like the mantle of Batman gets passed down to Dick Grayson, and like there's a Joker Jr. at one point who's actually the real Joker in disguise. So and he ends up spoilers, uh killing uh Dick Grayson as Batman, 
And then Batman's son has to take over Bruce Jr., which in the story, I think maybe it's probably kind of stuck with me. He's Bruce Jr. in the story, but they call him by they call him BJ in it. So it, oh, that always kind of stuck with me. So I was like, oh, it's like I'm uh, it's like I'm robbing Batman. <laughs> so uh, I like that. Except they made the except the kids blondes, which I which I didn't care for. So because I have dark hair, but that's another story. But yeah, I, there's three parts of it. There's a Generations One, Generations Two, and a Generations Three. I haven't read three, but the first two I really like, and you know some cool John Byrne art and. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, let's check that out. Yeah. Um, my second one, this is kind of a, a weird one, and I feel like your mileage may vary. Um, it's it's called Detective Number 27. You can the whole it's just one graphic novel. You can just the whole story is not I actually kind of wish that they would make more of this, but I feel like if you're a fan of like Spider-Man Noir, this is kind of a similar Batman itch. It's not noir. It's um it's kind of like it takes place at the turn of the century, kind of the Industrial Revolution era. And Bruce Wayne is a Pinkerton agent. And uh it's written by Michael Uslin, who uh is the executive producer of um the Batman movies. He was the one that got like the first 89 one off the ground, but he wrote this. And there are a lot of like movie references in there, but it's like, um, it has to do with like this doomsday plot, you know, that was supposed to happen the night Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And then like 75 years later, you know, actually, so that would make it past the industrial revolution, but you know, 75 years later, the Pinkerton agency gets wind of it. And, you know, you have Bruce Wayne without the whole Batman getup, and he's he's a, you know, his detective number twenty seven, hence the title. And you have other characters in there that are kind of like his rogues gallery, but very much different. There's no, you know, crazy costuming or anything like that. Not so much. It's just more of a weird old timey detective mystery bag. You know, it's totally off the beaten path. Um, but I really liked it, and it's just kind of weird and wild. Yeah, that's the always been the cool thing about uh, Elseworlds, where it really is like that's the perfect way to describe any Elseworlds story, where it's weird and wild, and like there are so many Elseworlds stories. Like I remember, like I when we said we were going to do this as a topic, like I kind of googled like DC Elseworlds stories, and it was like a full on like, like whole page on Wikipedia. Like there's Batman ones, Superman ones, JLA ones, some Wonder Woman ones, but like. It's really that kind of like Batman Superman is where they kind of go crazy on with the Elseworlds. And my last one is um, JLA. It's a JLA story. So some Batman in it. Uh, the Nail by Alan Davis. Is that Have you ever read that one? No. You're no. giving me all new ones. I know. Yeah, these are all new ones. But yeah. uh, it's us. Uh, it's. Um, I guess it starts out, it's like kind of same, the same DC universe that we know, except the Kents never found Superman because on their way driving into Smallville, like they uh, drove over a nail and got a flat tire and had to change and end up missing the rocket landing from Krypton. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's kind of, it's a weird premise, but, but I guess he, Superman ends up getting, uh, he raised by the Amish. So, so at the end, he kind of, so it's the same JLA, like, but the people really don't trust the JLA because there is no like Superman where to 
give that trust to like humanity or whatever. And it's kind of a really epic moment in it where um tied into Batman and Joker kind of takes siege of Arkham and he has all these uh alien weapons that he got from Apocalypse. And then Batman like makes his way in there, but Joker ends up killing Robin and Batgirl. And then that kind of snaps Batman. He ends up killing the Joker. So it's and then all these other things like Oliver Queen has kind of gone crazy because um uh, like he was Green Arrow, but now he's speaking out against the JLA because Amazo kind of really did a number on him. So like I think at one point the JLA hires Lois Lane to be like their publicist, but it really doesn't work. And I haven't read it in a while, but this I think there's some invasion from like Apocalypse and Dark Side, but that's when Superman finally comes out of of hiding and he's kind of got like an Amish beard and it ends up getting like bumped off and then he becomes Superman. And there's a sequel to it, another nail, which I haven't read, but I recently bought uh like some collection that had both the nail and and the other story. So yeah, I like I kind of like the the nail. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. My last pick is a uh Batman adjacent title. It has Batman in it, but again, kind of like you yeah. know the Justice League the nail. It's he's not the central focus. It's Superman Red Sun. Um uh, also similar yeah, vain, you know, and obviously it's Superman, you know, except he's raised in the Soviet Union, and so hence the Red Sun. Um, I don't want to say too much about it. Um, if you like Mark Millar books, that's kind of your jam if you haven't read it. But Batman is an orphan vigilante who kind of teams up with Lex Luthor near the end of it to fight Superman. You know, he was Batman's also Russian in this one, but um, you know, it's just it's kind of an interesting take that flips the, the classic spin and it's i believe that one also has old school lex luther in it too like bigger you know bulkier lex luther yeah, before yeah, he yeah. got the transplant so which kind of throws me off sometimes when i'm reading older comics you know the, the pre um lex luther you know <laughs> but um fun book you know it's pretty quick breezy read i think it was only like three issues when it came out um yeah. but you know, definitely scratches that weird itch to see, you know, an alternative take on, you know, two of the most popular DC characters. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's oh, definitely one of the, sorry, that's definitely one of the uh, the best, like, Elseworlds stories, the best kind of, like, evil, I think, like, I know, like, the evil Superman trope has become, like, a big thing recently, but I think that's one of, like, the best kind of versions of it. And they recently had an animated movie that came out a couple of years ago, and I remember being kind of disappointed in the animated adaptation, but the comic book is is great. Admittedly, you know, something you said earlier, kind of, I don't watch a lot of the animated movies anymore, and it's really because of the art style, like not really doing anything with the art. Like back when DC first started doing this, I don't know how many years ago now, but like it was before Under the Red Hood, but... That one always comes to mind as one of my favorite direct-to-video animated features they did. But, um, you know, they used to embrace, you know, the art styles of the comic books or do something different. They all looked different from each other. So it's kind of cool, you know, like the new frontier being one that I really loved in like the animated, you know, universe of films. But, yeah, with the house style that kind of 
has been in more recent years, I've just kind of abandoned even watching them. I don't even like bother yeah, most of the time. Yeah, like like you said, like when they would kind of adapt the art and adapt the story, like they all looked so unique and so like unlike anything else that like we'd kind of like seen before, like the Dark Knight Returns, like they kind of they adapted that Frank Miller style like as best they could, and like that two parter is awesome. Like uh, Public Enemies, the Superman and Batman one, they they adapt the Ed McGinnis art where they're all kind of everybody's kind of yoked out and muscled up, and but it's cool. And then they did the sequel where they adapted the Michael Turner art with the Supergirl story. And I don't know why they kind of went away from it. I don't know if like budget issues where it's just easier to kind of. I know they went to where like it's one kid like one continuity, but like. Oh, it's kind of disappointing. Like it would have been cool to like to see Hush like in kind of almost like a Jim Lee esque animation or the death of Superman make it look like Dan Jurgens. But yeah, they yeah. at some point they went away from it and they really kind of haven't gone back. Like even though they've told like they've had like um what am I thinking of? The Doom that came to Gotham or like what else am I done blanking? Gotham um, by Gaslight. Gotham by Gaslight. Yes, like even that's still kind of just kind of like a, your basic run of the mill animation where they really haven't adapted like the comic book style that it was. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. It's funny too because you're thinking, but I'm thinking about it, even like the ones that I'm kind of like I thought the stories were just okay, but I really love them because the art was different or something. Like um, for example, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Like that's just kind of a fun like beat him up bop yeah you know, so but it, it looks like the ed mcginnis art you know and so it's it's just it's just cool you know and and of course like kevin connor is in it too as batman but yeah um, i mean my the, one of the best scenes from that is when all the villains show up uh and it's just batman and superman and they take out like this whole army of like pretty like well-known like well-known yeah. like comic book characters but they do but it is kind of cool how they all take them out like i know superman has that big like fight with mongol like that that's pretty cool like because they're all look like it like doing like they do in the comics and but i don't know yeah oh wow maybe, i mean maybe bruce ever... Timmel, maybe bruce tim will hear this and he'll say you know what he's yeah bj and scott they got, they got the right idea <laughs> one can hope yeah. um with that said actually that's a perfect segue into the other flip side of this you know, is with every like hit and thing we love, there's always the flip side of, you know, what about Elseworlds tales that maybe had potential but missed the mark? Are there any that come to mind or you, do you not think about it? Uh, any that come to mind that missed the mark? Uh, I think it's Batman in Darkest Night. I think it's like it's when Bruce Wayne gets the power ring and it's kind of just like a. Like I have it, but it's kind of just like a nothing, nothing really memorable comes out of it. It's just Bruce Wayne with a power ring, but like that has potential. So who knows what Bruce Wayne would come up with? Like if he had this ring that could do anything, whatever he thought of. That's one that comes to mind. I don't know of any others that are. What about you? Do you have any? I have three. Actually, that like, and they're all ones that I had a kind of a, a negative reaction to. 
Um, so the oldest one, the one that I have the hardest time um, remembering, it's called Batman Joker Switch. It was a one shot, so it's it's not like a huge book, but it came out in kind of a it was still soft cover, but it had like a nicer, better cover than your like average comic books. But what happens is something happens where Joker loses his ability to speak in his mouth, and you know is honestly like that's kind of all I really remember about it. It yeah. just not not much happens, you know. They I think that he was running around in London. You know, and and he can't like figure out what happened to him, and it's just this like him being this weird victim of you know losing his voice, and that's you know that's kind of it. It's it's it was just a one and done, forgettable um, story, but it had like the cover had promising art. When you so, said what was it, Batman Joker switch? Yep, I thought it was going to be like a Freaky Friday situation where like they swap bodies or something, but. You would think. Yeah, you would think. And then um the other two, uh Tales of the Multiverse, which kind of was a tie-in to the whole like death metal thing. And they did like these random issues that touched on different multiverses. You know, there's one where like Asriel Bat like takes over and it's like some religious nightmare. Um, but not good, like really bad. You know, it was kind of it was supposed to be this peak into the multiverse, but like they didn't really do anything with it. It was kind of just gimmicky. Um and um and then the last one was more of a recent one than that, even it was uh Batman the Max. So it was a crossover between Batman and um the Max, which is a Sam Keith character. I really love. I really love those books. There's like five or six trades. And if anyone's looking for something to read that's outside of Batman, totally recommend it. Um, they're off the vertical line, so still related to DC, but you know, trippy art, kind of a psychological thriller, I would say. I guess I would use that word. It was an MTV animated series way back in the 90s, too. They adapted it pretty faithfully. If you can find it, it's also a cool watch. But they brought those two characters together, and it was just really boring. Art was cool, because Sam Keith art is always great for people who are unfamiliar with uh, his work. He did a lot of uh, The Sandman with Neil Gaiman, but um, he's done a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Now they're like just recently they did announce that like Elseworlds is coming back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, they were getting yeah. rid of the whole black label labeling, which they didn't really give a reason why Elseworlds was coming back, but I assume it has to do with the movies. Yeah. So they are getting rid of black label, or is it just going to be like does Elseworlds mainline black label? My my understanding is they're just going to kind of just stop using it. You know. Oh. Yeah, it is like some of these black label stories did kind of seem else worldy. Like, yeah. So I wonder if like that's why they're like, ooh, maybe these kind of because black label, like the way I read it was going to be like, ooh, more adult. Like, there might be, yeah, some, there might be some swears in this. And like, <laughs> well, but, I mean, right out of the right out of the gate, yeah. that way. Yeah. So yeah, you might, yeah, you might, you might see some stuff you've never seen before, like the hardcore. And, and where, I, else, where else worlds is like we're like oh like anything can happen it's weird and wacky like yeah there's a world where it's um it's batwoman and superwoman and like they're the world's finest and like 
where black label like was a little hardcore and like there's not many i can't think of any like there were some good black label stories like i liked um the imposter like that was yeah. that was black label and one dark night was good yes i loved one dark night and uh although i don't like the story like the big like magazine like yeah oh yeah the premium format yeah, or how like, they sell it yeah it's like kind of it's just like annoying like where am i where am i sticking it it doesn't fit anywhere yeah. like I kind of ditched all my Batman damned because I did not like them. Yeah. Oh, the one with the Batwing, I did get my hands on that copy when it came out, and I sold that for uh, yeah. a chunk of change. <laughs> yeah. So, and like, was Three Jokers considered black label too? Yes. Yeah. So I I do wonder if like oh if the Elseworlds was around like would they have put the Elseworlds label on that? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like yeah yeah. So I wonder if. And like if Kingdom Come came out today, I bet they would kind of make that more black label than elsewhere. Yeah. And like, I like the idea of it, but the thing I kind of go back and forth on is I feel like they try to make it like out of the gate, like really edgy and like this is really dark. And it reminded me of when Marvel like did their Max line. And they're like, you know who's going to be in the Max line for Marvel? Spider-Man. And then they had like, like I think a 14 or 15 issue Spider-Man max series where there's blood and like you know more explosions and people getting hurt and then i think the first issue had like vulture and electro going to a brothel together and like that was like their edginess and i'm just like i don't know if i want to read this you know like whenever they try to whenever they try to do that like make everything like more edgy and like more adult it just doesn't kind of like i don't really like find myself like drawn to it really like i guess there's certain things like I get like being dark and stuff, but like when you just like dropping f bombs into like a story or swears, like just just for the sake of it, like it just doesn't kind of fit. Yeah. And like there's certain things that kind of fit in Batman's world and other things like that, but just like mm. I don't know, you don't have to be a hard ass just to be a hard ass. So, like we we know we get it. Tell, tell that to Tom King every time he writes Catwoman. Oh yeah, I get yeah. <laughs> but I guess like i like tom i guess i like tom king for the most part but it is kind of like like i'm reading that um like i'm reviewing the penguin for that for the site and it's just there's that one character she's like a secret agent she was in killing time where all she does is swear like every two seconds and like i get it like oh she's edgy and crazy but it is it's just annoying to read like i'm reading comic book and there's you know ampersands and uh, pound symbols and all like Every different little what they use for swearing in mm. comics, just kind of every seconds. Just read it in Joe Pesci's voice from Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I have to. Yeah, you know what? I'll try that next time. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, but yeah I think that's Espinosa, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's her name. But she's like a cool character. Like, I, she's yeah. kind of like a new character. But it's like, like, I tone tone down the language, lady. Like, come on. Yeah, kids, kids might be reading this. Yeah, which is funny because in our Discord, um, which everybody listening to should join our Discord because we have a lot of cool conversations. But we had a, a chat the other day with Otto and some other people in the Discord who were talking about um, parents introducing their kids to comics and how he saw someone introduces kids to injustice, which is 
an Elseworlds yeah. story that ties into a video game and him kind of ha- kind of balking at that idea a little bit like this is your introduction is like this you know but yeah I would I would have to assume the kid like played the game first and he's just yeah like, really I would hope so like because yeah that's definitely maybe that's another podcast like for another day like what's the best story to kind of give to a new reader or something like that I but, like yeah. that yeah we're definitely gonna do that yeah injustice would kind of be maybe very 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 far down the list uh if you're giving something to a new reader unless they play the game i guess scare the hell out of them give them deceased yeah yeah there you go yeah that's halloween (laughs) happy halloween kid And with that, um, that's our Elseworlds discussion. Unless, BJ, you have anything else to add. Wait, no, you didn't say, I don't think you mentioned anything that you had that missed the mark for Elseworlds sales, did you? Uh, I did uh, Bruce Wayne's Green Lantern. And I had that story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Nothing really kind of stood out to me. I mean, there's always, I think I saw one recently where, like, it's called, like, Batman, like, abduction. But it's it's drawn by Norm Bravefogel and written by alan grant i want to say which i mean they're like a great team from the 90s but yeah dream team yeah but i don't uh the cover is like batman being like abducted which maybe i started like at a shop for 10 bucks maybe maybe i'll pick it up by aliens i think yeah by aliens it's called batman abduction okay. looks like okay. and then he's getting beamed up somewhere so looks like there's a series called batman probed or sequel <laughs> i mean I'm just kidding. Oh, I believe <laughs> hey, it's Elseworlds. It, it can be anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay then. That's uh, um, that wraps up our discussion on Elseworlds. If you guys have Elseworlds you wish we would have mentioned, you could always drop us a line. You can hop on our Discord, which I'll have a link below, or you can write us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and we'll respond to your comments on air. Otherwise, visit us at thebatmanuniverse.net for comic reviews, movie news, um, and more. We're a pretty fun group, and we are branching out just to cover all things Batman all the time. Um, If you like these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and share. We're on all your major streaming services. Um, Before we sign off, I have to thank our Patreons. Um, I will have a link if you want to join them on the bat fan appreciation wall and you can also get first uh listen to these episodes before they drop unedited so all my little goof ups and you know dead air where i'm just kind of staring at the wall to myself um (laughs) you can hear that live no just kidding that doesn't actually happen (laughs) but um i want to thank lisa slack ian miller joshua lipin bertoni rob o stephanie mounts Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Caspian 73, Johnny McCloskey, Jessica Morales, David Richards, Donald Townsend, and Brendan Roberts. Um, For BJ and myself, thank you, and we'll catch you on the next episode. 